I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two What it do? Win leaps Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast. Uh, we are back this week talking about prospects on who can be coming up. Um, we were going to tape the show last night. Good thing we didn't because like a million people got called up. Last year I thought was the, the stream that we saw an unbelievable stream of young hitters and pitchers get called up. And uh, in any other year, any one of them could have won Rookie of the Year or Cy Young. And so I thought it'd be a little slower this year, but people have been getting called up left and right. Uh, you, you obviously saw Peter Alonzo start the year with the Mets. You saw, um, who am I thinking, on the White Sox. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. Started. Uh, he actually signed a contract with the White Sox. Jimenez. Uh, so, Jimenez. Yes. Aloy. So, um, yeah, Eloy. There's so many people. Obviously, Vlad's up. like doing super terrible by low. Uh, but the, so many people are getting called up. Uh, so before we even get into it too much, Let's talk about the people that were just literally called up because you may have already missed your opportunity to get some of these guys, um, but uh, you know th- now is the time to act on them. So we'll open it up with this. So it's case is the first thing you hear. If you need stolen bases, a couple of really interesting guys were just called up. Oscar Mercado uh, from the Indians, outfielder. He is a speed demon. I mean, if you need steals, uh, this is exactly what he brings to the table. Not much home runs. I think uh, in the minor leagues this year, he was uh, hitting 294, slugging 496, had four home runs, 14 stolen bases, uh, had an 11% walk rate. Um, so, I mean, you know, for, that's pretty good at the higher end, and Indians obviously have a real need. I don't know if he'll definitely be up for the long haul. Uh, they definitely need a, a hot-hitting bat to come up and uh, stick in Cleveland because they have been just absolute shit. Um, so I would say uh, if you need stolen bases, kind of regardless of the format, I mean, anything north of 10 teams, like 12 teams, I would give him a shot if you need some um, some stolen base help. Uh, any any thoughts on the crappy Indians offense and, and risking a spot on a guy like Mercado? Not at all. I mean, uh, he's more than likely going to be more of a contact hitter. He's not a power guy. Uh, he doesn't strike out a ton, uh, 15-ish percent, give or take. He's more of a, yeah, like you said, runs and stolen bases guy. So if that's a direction you, you – or if that's somebody you need on your team and stolen bases right now are few and far between for some reason um, – then, yeah, definitely a guy to pick up here uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, he's not t- and he's not totally devoid of power. No. He did have four home runs, slugging close to 500. He's um, that's a good example. Not quite, I mean, I, I want to say, I'm trying to come up with like a, a decent comp here, and I'm like, it's avoiding me. Who's, um, I can't think of anyone's name today. Uh, I'm Tampa Bay Rays outfielder who was on the Cardinals. Tommy Pham. Yeah, Pham. I think that's 
reasonable, not as much power, but uh, I think maybe that's somewhere in the vicinity of Orlando. Uh, yeah, I just he doesn't he he demonstrated power um, in Double A at thirteen home runs mm-hmm. in five hundred twenty three plate appearances, but I think that's what you're going to expect. Tommy Pham's more of a twenty to twenty five guy. I just don't think you're going to get that from Mercado. No, no, I don't either. I said I wasn't excited about that comp. I can't. I'm, I'm like failing to come up with them happier with. I think the total spread of home runs and stolen bases will be the same, except it'll just be Mercado will have a few more stolen bases yeah. and less home yeah. runs. Slide it, slant it a little more towards there. Uh, another guy, if he needs some stolen bases, very interesting on the the stolen base capital of the world, Kansas City, has called up Nicky Lopez. Um, you know, still interesting guy. Uh, he's going to uh, he is going to be batting at the top of the uh, the order. It looks like for Kansas City, they already plugged him into the two hole. They're going to put Whit Merrifield in the outfield, and they're going to play him every day at second. So if he's going to be batting second in that lineup, that is like um, obviously going to be running the ball like crazy. He's not a bad bet. I mean, batting in the two hole for a reason. He think he only had a four point one swinging strike percentage. Uh, between double A AA and triple A, I mean, he's got a he has a good eye, and um, you know they added him before the Super Two deadline. He wasn't on the forty. I mean, they did everything they could to uh, to suggest that they're at least invested in starting him every day. So I'm not sure how he's going to do at the major league level, but they're obviously committed to giving him an opportunity at the top of a lineup, and you know that they're committed to running. So just because of all those variables, if you need stolen bases, and especially being a middle infielder, I um, would be excited about picking up Nicky Lopez, at least on a flyer. Um, I picked him up in the uh, in our listeners league, for example. So he's just another, he's another guy that uh, I think is pretty interesting if he needs some stolen bases. Not to mention the last three seasons... Or I guess, yeah, I mean, two seasons. Sorry. He's had a weighted run created plus of – he had one of 146 thus far this season, 109 and 127 in AAA and double A last season. So good hitter, gets on base, and that's all you need when you got a fast guy like that to get stolen bases. Yep. Um, and everyone thinks, uh, you know, well, how can we talk about any of these guys getting cocked up, talk, uh, being brought up without talking about Keston Hera? Um Obviously brought up today. We're we're recording this on the day he was brought up by the Milwaukee Brewers. Huge second base prospect. Truly one of the best prospects in all of baseball. Um, It was a little surprising bringing him up early. Everyone knows that Travis Shaw was struggling greatly. He got the old fake injury put on the injured list so that Hera could be on the team. Uh, Mike Moustakis will move back to third. And uh, he's he's about as legitimate as you can get. In 2018, he batted 293, 13 home runs, um, 34 doubles, had like an 821 OPS, did strike out 100 times. In 2019 this year, he's batting 336, 11 home runs already with a 1137 OPS. So um, he was lighting it up, and he goes right into that fantastic Brewers lineup. He should be owned in all leagues. The other two guys we mentioned off the top of the back, because you had a shot at getting them. If he is not, if he's available in your league, there's something wrong with your league. But uh, if he is still out there, you obviously have to grab him. Um, he is about as legitimate as a prospect as there is left in the minor leagues right now. So, um, you know, and, and especially he's going to be able to come up in his natural position at second base. They don't have to move him around, which was always a concern with the Brewers. They do some freaky shit. So, I mean, Keston, you know, he's probably already gone in your league, but, you know, get excited if you own him and if he's somehow out there, grab him. Powered second, fantastic hitter. Nothing, I mean, 
bat pip of 405 this season, 164 weighted runs created plus 449 Woba. I mean, obviously he's not going to be able to keep that up in the majors, but probably one of the better bats in the minors. So yeah, definitely be excited. It looks like he's going to get every day at bats until Shaw comes back. But I mean, if Hira's playing like we know he can, then he might get every day at bats for the rest of the season. Hey, we're at that time of the year where the Super 2 deadline hasn't passed. So if anyone being brought up this early, a team is making a financial risk by right. doing so. So it's it's a big confidence boost to anyone picking up players like this because you know that the team is committed to playing them because uh, they've already kind of you know made the big step of promoting them early. And before we get into the rest of the top prospects that aren't up yet, there was one pitcher called up. Not a huge name. He is the number one pitching prospect for the Giants. His name is Sean Anderson. Um, you look at his numbers this year. He has a 4-1-1 ERA. Uh, so you may just write him off immediately. But the, the Giants are in dire need of starting pitching help and dire need of help in general. He has struck out 37 in 35 innings. Uh, he's gonna. He may. This may just be a spot start. But if he pitches well, he could stick. He throws 96. Uh, miles an hour at the peak. He has like five pitches in his arsenal, which are all decent, nice sinker. So um, the main thing here is starting pitching has been just like decimated by injuries this year. I mean, I don't even know if there's a top 50 because I don't know if there's 50 decent starting pitchers healthy. So if it gets to that point, we're talking about most leagues. Most leagues are like 12 teams are later or, or bigger now or deeper. Uh, if you're desperate... You know, you can pick him up and see how he does because, you know, it's 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 that bad at starting pitching. Um, so, you know, if you're to- totally desperate, don't ignore this completely. This guy's not devoid of talent. So um, just keep an eye on him. You know, he's not going to not expecting anything lights out here. But, you know, don't don't dismiss this uh, out of hand. He, he has some he has some talent and some strikeout potential. I, I really have nothing to add there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not very exciting. Sorry, getting into the people that actually matter. Uh, we're starting on the starting pitching side. Number one, though, there's three guys that should be pretty much owned in most leagues. Um, the shallow ones, maybe you can't afford a spot. You uh, Maybe you can't make the jump. But there's three guys that I think should be owned in most leagues. Uh, number one is Zach Gallen from the Miami Marlins. Um, he is, like, really turning it on this year. Uh, in the spring, I think he went undefeated. He had, like, five or six wins. Not that that matters. He had, like, a almost sub-1 ERA, a 1-1-4, 0.57 whip, 55 strikeouts in 47 innings. Um, the only issue with him is the Marlins. Uh, so they have no motivation to bring this kid up uh, at all. So I have no idea when we might actually see him. Um I'm thinking at this point we're probably looking at mid-June, but he's he's been so dominant that I think that uh, he could come up at any moment. Like uh, we keep guessing wrong on some of the guys. I wouldn't have thought Harrow would have been up, but um, he has just been kind of kind of destroying everyone uh, in 2019. So. Uh, the only thing is when you look, uh, you see him pumped up by a lot of experts down uh, the way he's pitching in the spring here. But uh, he does have, I think he did have like a 153 BABIP and something around a 95% uh, strand rate. So he's going to regress a little bit. But remember, the only thing he needs to do is pitch better than like Trevor Rogers or, um, 
you know, Sandy Alcantara, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot to contend with. So Gallon, he's a he's a beast, and I would be. I would be stashing him if you're desperate for pitching at this moment. Right, and like you said, I mean, with Super 2 is probably sometime in June. I, He's not coming up until then because the Marlins, like you said, have no incentive to do so because they're not contending for anything. It's going to be a long time before they are actually contending for anything. So it it is a stash at this point. You're not going to get anything from him probably till June. Yeah, I mean, Hera, Milwaukee needed him. They're contending. Uh, Mercado was brought up by the Indians because they were desperate. The Marlins have nothing. So, I mean, there's really nothing really to push for. Um, so moving on from him, but he should be owned because when he comes up, he should absolutely be a number one waiver priority for everyone. Fab budgets will be blown like crazy. So get him now while he's cheap. Uh, moving on to Jesus Lazardo. Um, he would have been universally owned if he didn't get injured in spring training. Um, but he is getting pretty damn close to a rehab assignment now. So now is the time to pick this guy back up. Um, last year in the minors, he went 10 and 5 with a 288 ERA, 109 whip, struck out 129 and 109. Uh, in the spring, he was just, again, dominant. He had a sub 1 ERA, a near 1 whip, and uh, struck out 15 and 9 and 2 thirds. Um, he looks pretty good on his timeline to come back. Uh, he had a little bit of a, a shoulder injury. Um, but, I mean, he, he, the talent is so there. And, uh, and they said the reports are that he's, he's, uh, he's coming back from a shoulder injury. He should be going back on a rehab assignment relatively soon. So, you know, before that news comes out that he has the green light and everything's a go. I think now is the time to pick him up because there's just not that much talent left on the waiver wire at this point. And he's a guy who could be up soon and could be a difference maker. You just got to know that you're looking at an innings limit with him. Right. Well, and, and I mean, when he comes up and it's likely probably what June, July, when he gets the green light after having pitched for a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I have to expect. Well, I have to expect it. I would say, I would say I, I would say that around the same time, Gallon. I would expect maybe around the same time. All right. So I mean, maybe maybe I don't know what that innings limit would look like. But you're talking about a guy who gives you 10K per nine. Last season, before before he got injured, he uh, in Double A, he had a 2.29 ERA, 2.89 FIP, 3.19 xFIP. So the guy is absolutely electric. So. Yeah, I mean, somebody that you need to keep an eye on at the very least, and uh, like Gallon, probably need to stash at this point. Yeah, um, the third guy in the list that are of the people that I think are totally stashable at the moment because they're that good. Third one is Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Um, he could be up any day. That's how good he is. He could possibly be the best of the three too. I mean, you, you can make your arguments. Uh, any way you want. Uh, this week, I think he got pulled pretty early in his start. I think he only went four and a third innings. They took him out after 84 pitches. Uh, they're just they're just being kind of safe with him at this point. Again, there's nothing really to risk there. So the only unfortunate thing is you're dealing with the White Sox. Not a whole lot for them on the line for them this year. So um, we're probably looking at the same timeline as everyone else. I think most people project him to be up in July. But again, with any of these guys, it could be any day. But the, the talent is so above where everyone else is that uh, Cease, Lazardo, and Gallon are three guys you really want to consider um, having on your roster. And I think in that order, Gallon, Lazardo, and Cease. 
Completely agree. Yep. Um, moving down the list, uh, the starting pitcher, Mitch Keller, the starting of uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball. Um, this past week, he only went three innings, eighty-three pitches. He did strike out four. Uh, so he is having a little bit of a difficult start with his control um, after getting in AAA here. So I don't know um, if we can expect him up anytime soon. Pittsburgh could obviously use his help, especially with the uncertainty of the health of Jamison Tyone. But, um, you know, he's walking way too many people. Uh, but, you know, double-digit walk percentage. Uh, but the guy does have like 11.57K per nine, which I don't think I need to tell anyone is like super elite. So Mitch Keller, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and obviously in Dynasty, he's already owned. But for redraft, I would keep an eye on his progress uh, because as soon as that Super 2 um, deadline passes, which again is an unofficial deadline, it's a floating target. No one knows. That's why we're not saying an exact date. But after like mid-June passes, and if he starts to turn it around, Pittsburgh can bring him up at any moment. So keep an eye on him because he's a truly elite guy. Yeah, I, the like you said, the concern there, is, though, is that he, I mean, the last two years has had a walk rate of above three per nine. Mm-hmm. And it seems like as he's starting to change some stuff around with his pitches and his and his velocity, he's losing a little bit more control. So he's actually getting more K per nine, but his walks are also increasing at the same time. So uh, it, it's tough to say where he's going to be in terms of when he comes into the majors. Uh, this year he hasn't pitched, looked great. Last year didn't look great towards the end of the season. So, yeah, agree, keep an eye on him. If he turns it around, great, pick him up. But it it just be wary that he might be a little bit ineffective in his first season or yep. so. Yeah, definitely, definitely something to to, uh, to worry about. Uh, another guy is uh, AJ Puck, someone that we've been waiting on for waiting on for some time now for the Oakland Athletics. Obviously, he got derailed by Tommy John surgery, which is always a pain in the ass. Uh, but uh, he is going to be throwing hitters in extended spring training. Uh, last week, I think, I think he started doing that. So, I mean, um, you know, Oakland has their complete share of injuries. I mean, Manea, Puck, Lazardo, all injured. But um, he has never thrown a ball above double A is the only issue with him. But they really need talent so he could be helping down the stretch i would say he's more likely to come up in like maybe august so you weren't this is no one you're stashing right now but especially coming off of tommy john surgery you know they are going to take their time have everyone healthy for next year but he's a name to keep in the back of your head i think still because you know they really need some starting pitchers they're still going to be trying to compete and you know, there's there's just not that many people with that kind of talent around. So, you know, just someone to maybe throw on your watch list and see how he's progressing. So just to give you an idea of how effective he is as a pitcher. So another guy that's going to be a high strikeout, high walk guy, we'll call them effectively wild. But since he entered the, the athletic system, he's had no fewer than 11K per nine. 2017 in uh, – a plus, he had 14.5K per nine. And then when he went to double A, 12K per nine. So he's very effective. You're just going to have to have to deal with some of that wildness. Think like Ubaldo Jimenez type. Um, yeah. So a- another guy who's going to be effectively wild. 
Yep. Um, next guy on the list is Forrest Whitley. Uh, probably came into the season as the number one, the number one um, starting prospect in baseball. I'm assuming um, for most people, um, being on the Houston Astros, they had most people thought they'd have an opening, but he, God, he has just been so horrible. His ERA this year is 10.8, which is due to a like a near five walks per nine, um, and which is just atrocious and only like a 50% strand rate. So I mean, people are getting in against him. Uh, he's allowed seven home runs in 18 innings, and he's just doing himself no favors here. Um, I mean, he does have near 12K per nine, which is, of course, everything we like to see out of someone. But uh, I just didn't want to go through this list without mentioning him. But, he, man, does he have a lot of work to do. Uh, he's already been passed up. I know the um, they just brought up another prospect was uh, Caleb... I want to say Caleb Smith. That's obviously not him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> um, God, now I have to like look this up now. Uh, da, da, da. Caleb Martin. So, yeah, Caleb Martin came up, pitched well, um, jumped right over. Yeah, jumped right over Whitley in the, uh, in the line, and he has a lot of work to do before he's back in the mix. Obviously Houston still has Josh James who is in the, um, who who's on the team is is still around. Uh Colin McHugh was put in the bullpen. So there's a lot of moving pieces there and Whitley could easily turn this around fast and get a job down the stretch. So you don't want to forget about him. Just know that he's further away than a lot of these guys just because of how poorly he is pitching. Uh, but Houston is probably going to end up having a need down the stretch. So um, I would say, you know, around around July, they could look his way if he's doing well and they need to start. But because of his poor, poor, poor performance to begin the year, you're probably looking at something more like August. But don't forget about Forrest Whitley, guys. He's still amazing prospect. He's just having a really rough time this year. And, I mean, uh, he may not get the call up this year. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's uh, there's no reason to force him up if he's not looking like he can hang with the major leaguers, and obviously he can't right now. Um, Brandon McKay on the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. They are another team that have been decimated by injuries. Uh, they, you know, they, they really need their guys to get healthy, and this is someone obviously in the minors that they could try to bring up later in the year. Uh, obviously, as a competing team, this is a likelihood for them. Um, he has been one of the absolute best pitchers in double a he's got a 182 era 47 strikeouts in 29 innings um and people forget this guy can hit he's not gonna be like you know he's not gonna be like otani or anything but um he actually has the ability to hit like go into the field pinch hit he can do all of that uh i don't know how that'll play in tampa bay obviously they have the dh um but this guy is like incredible um you know, said he's still a double A, but uh, they have a real need at starting pitcher, and we'll see if he continues to dominate. Um, you could definitely see him up with the the Rays in July. Um, yeah, I, I mean the guy, <laughs> absolutely lighting it up in double A right now. Um, one eighty two ERA, one eighty one FIP, one fifty eight X FIP. So he's actually could get better i don't i mean that's tough to do at 180 182 era but i mean 14.26 k per nine only 2.43 base on or a walk per nine he's just 
he's killing it right now. And it's not like it's just abnormal. I mean, we see it all across his stats in the in the minors. I mean, even last year he was three twenty one, but he had a two fifty one FIP and two eighty eight X FIP. Still had double digit strikeouts. So. This is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. If it looks like the Rays are going to continue to compete and they do need help at pitcher, uh, they may look uh, Brendan McKay's way. Yeah, the um, one other guy that I wanted to talk about before moving on was Logan Allen, the San Diego Padres. Actually, there's a couple more pitchers we're going to talk about real quick. Logan Allen, the San Diego Padres. Um, he got kind of lit up to begin the year. I think he gave up somewhere around like 10, 10, 12 runs in five innings. Um, but if you if you take those two completely away, um, he has a 2-1-9 ERA, and he's striking out a little more over one an inning. Um, so that is, you know, obviously fairly promising. Um, he, I don't know who the first call-up would be if they need someone. Obviously, they have uh, – their rotation has been very good so far. They already have some young guys in, so there's no reason to lo- uh, rush anyone through. Um, but just because of the way he's been pitching and obviously it'd be a good park to be moved up to, I wanted to mention him because he's been doing really well. And, um, if the injury ever arose, he'd be someone the Padres could bring up and he's kind of ready to go now. So, uh, it's just a name to keep in mind. If like, you know, someone goes down and it looks like they're gonna have a lengthy absence, uh, um, and they're bringing up Logan Allen. I want you guys to have the name in your head. So if they are going to bring him up, you are aware that he is a guy that is probably worth maybe taking a shot on. But his his path to playing time is not there now because they have a, had a very nice uh, rotation and they're all performing fairly well. Yeah, I, nothing to add here. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of just weird guys, weird guys, Austin Voth. I want to say VOTH. I'm not quite sure how to say, you know, some of the lesser known prospects that I don't really um, know how to say their names. So he hasn't had a fantastic season if you look at the numbers, but he has a 390 Babbitt, which is obviously not great uh, in terms of luck. Um, if you dig deeper into the metrics, he does have a 273 field independent pitching and an almost 30% strikeout percentage. So. I um, mean, he has 37 strikeouts, only walks seven batters. So, you know, they've been really struggling in Washington for their starting pitchers. They fired their pitching coach earlier this year. They may be firing their manager soon. They're just having a really rough time. But starting rotation, they could use a little bit of a boost. So, again, starting pitcher, starting pitching in fantasy baseball being as up and down with the injuries as it been, you got to be open to – trying out anyone taking flyers on people so if they're ever bringing up austin um you might want to take a shot because you may look at his numbers and think he's not doing well which may prevent them from bringing him up um but he you know he is striking out a lot of guys not walking very many so he has been actually like shockingly dominant and it's someone no one's really talking about and i think he's just someone everyone should kind of keep on their radar as well 39.4 Four, or sorry, 0.394 bat pip, like you said. Only 8.8% home run to fly ball. So he's just gotten unlucky. I mean, yeah, his ex-FIPS probably is close to what his ERA is, 3.89 versus 3.85. FIP was 2.95. Um, sorry. Sierra, not done in the minors. Never mind. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, just look, we've talked about this where you need to look at some of these predictive metrics and see how they're going to fare, let's say, in the second half of the season. And Voth, Voth, uh, Hoth, whatever. We can talk about Star Wars. Um, you can't expect him to give up a 394 bat pip for the rest of the season. So if he if if and when that starts to come down, I think you'll start to see how good of a pitcher he is. I don't think he's going to be that 11.42k per 9 continued. Um so we'll see if he if he's that type of pitcher. I don't think he is cuz throughout his career he's maintained around 8 to 9. So maybe not the strikeout pitcher we think he is, but Definitely a better pitcher than he has shown this season. Yeah, definitely. These aren't guys you should be stashing by any means. He's just um, he's a guy if a needs or if a need arises, if they bring him up, it's a guy that we want to put the name in your head. So if you have a need, you know, grab him, take a flyer, see how he does, and maybe you know, don't even throw him into the into your lineup into the fire immediately, unless they have like you know a killer matchup or something. But it's just a guy to keep in mind. And the last pitcher I want to talk about is a Colorado Rockies prospect. Um, not that many people have talked about. Obviously, the Rockies shocking, uh, shocking folks. The Rockies have not very good um, stats for their pitchers <laughs> uh, because, you know, of course, uh, Herman Marquez uh, has the I think he's the only pitcher with uh, ERA in the threes. And the only other pitcher with an ERA below five is John Gray. So they could use all the help they could get. Uh, enter Rico Garcia. Um, I talked earlier. Brendan McKay is like one of the best pitchers on the planet right now. Matt Manning is the other. Um, there's just a few people that are doing as well as this guy. He is, um, I think he's got north of a 50%, 53% ground ball rate, um, which is obviously great for course field. Keep the ball on the fucking ground. Yeah. Um, one seven one ERA, 42 strikeouts over 31 innings, striking people out and keeping the ball on the ground was what works at course field. And he is pitching lights out. Uh, he's 25 years old and, you know, if the Rockies are going to end up needing to bring someone up at some point to do something here. So uh, they're going to give him some more time in the minors, obviously, uh, because, you know, he hasn't pitched this well long term. But if he continues along this path, uh, he's doing fantastic. And that that is a good makeup for a pitcher at Coors. And I would keep an eye on him. Obviously, taking anyone at Coors Field is always a little risky. But again, desperate times, desperate measures. This guy's look looks really good. You can always stream him on the road. Just keep him in mind. Um, he looks he looks sharp in the minors, and he's someone you should keep an eye on. So yeah, Tyler Anderson, Chad Bettis have looked terrible. Kyle Freeland has not looked great. So they need somebody on the back half of that rotation really bad. And, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of people thought it would be Riley Pint. But Garcia's the one that's pitching the best down there. And if they want a shot to contend, which I think they have a window here with the lineup that they do have, and they're actually starting to hit a little bit, they're going to need the pitching. So definitely an interesting guy here. I don't think he's going to be the first up, but... Uh, I mean, if they're in contention, they may need to bring him up. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that pretty much does it for the pitchers um, that we want to talk about for now. We're going to move over to the hitters. Let's head right over right now. Number one hitter, 
that you can possibly stash, should be stashed on all teams regardless of format, is Jordan Alvarez for the Houston Astros. He is probably owned in your league. Um, you know, he's not exactly been quiet <laughs> in the minors. He's hitting like 390 with 14 home runs. His OPS is like 1350. Uh, just destroying the ball after having a fantastic year in 2018. Um, the only cold water you can possibly throw on him right now is the fact that the actual GM of the Astros, uh, Jeff Lunau, uh, when people are asking about him, his exact quote were, the same people um, who want Alvarez up are pretty much clamoring for Kyle Tucker to be moved up last year when he was tr- destroying the ball and then, you know, look how he did, which is, you know, actually a completely legitimate point uh, because Tucker struggled, but the way he's hitting the ball, there's no way they can hit him, keep him down there much longer. He obviously has jumped Kyle Tucker in the uh, in the line to come up to the major leagues. Um, no matter what Luno says, this guy looks damn ready to me. And uh, I mean, the only thing keeping that that's a little bit of a red flag is he has like a twenty percent strikeout rate, which is likely to get worse in the uh, in the in the majors. But he does have a fourteen point five walk rate which is you know fantastic for you know um for any level so you know we'll just have to see uh my best guess with him is we're waiting again until probably um mid-june before we see him maybe early mid-june when the uh the super two deadline does pass but uh this is the number one guy hitting or pitching to stash in all of baseball if there's anyone that should be universally owned that's not in the majors it's this guy he's got power man mm-hmm. uh I don't know how much they need him, but I mean, dude, the guy has a monster amount of power. He's at, he's got a 460 ISO right now, 15 home runs and 147 plate appearances, 218 weighted runs created plus. Again, AAA, not the majors, but the guy can hit, and he's shown it throughout the minor leagues. So definitely a guy you need to be stashing. Yeah. Um, next guy up, uh, hitting wise, Kevin Biggio, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he, for the year, I think he's, he's batting, uh, well over in the mid threes. I think, uh, was it three forty four? He's got six home runs, four stolen bases. I mean, he's, he is destroying the ball OPS over a thousand last year. He had two fifty two with 26 home runs, 20 stolen bases. You know, everything you want to see out of the middle infield, there a little power, a little speed. Uh, Toronto has Lords Guriel and Eric Sogard to deal with. So not much in his way. The only thing is Guriel is on the 40-man roster. Um, not sure exactly what they have to do there. So, And, and they're not doing very well. So I, I don't know. They already brought up Vlad. So I don't know how much motivation they're going to have to bring him up there. But they they can't keep him down forever. He's, he's crushing the ball. And I think just... <laughs> June's going to be a busy time, folks. I mean, I know we keep saying this over and over again. I assumed Hera would have been up in mid-June. I didn't see a reason for them to really push it, but I guess they felt the squeeze of the Cubs really surging in that division. Uh, and they felt desperate to move up. Uh, the, but Toronto doesn't have that kind of desperation, so I say Super 2, mid-June, Biggio will probably be up if he continues to hit. But he'll be a guy, definitely. Um, you want to maybe wait a couple of weeks, and when, when June hits – Adam, if you need a middle infielder, because he'll be a guy that'll be going for a fortune once he once he's called up. I already picked him up in our league. <laughs> what'd you um, do? What'd you do right now? Yep, uh, <laughs> I did it while we were recording. Nice. I need a middle infielder. So suck it, league. Um, <laughs> 
I just have a question. Why wasn't this guy in the 40 man? I mean, he what? raked last year. Well, he didn't have to be. Um, That's fine. He still crushed the ball last year. Why is he not on the 40 man? Yeah, well, it's the Blue Jays. I mean, they <laughs> look, how waited, look how long they waited to bring up Vlad. And now that Vlad came up and is just brutal. It probably just reinforces the in their mind that there's no reason to bring this guy up early. Unfortunately, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, he, he 26 home runs last year. He's a tw- he's a legitimate 2020 guy. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. To me at 247 ISO, 307 BAPIP last season. Now he's better. I, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, that was a rant. I I just don't know how. Oh, if you want to if you want to find people that have a problem with the way the Blue Jays are handling their prospects, you don't have to go very far. Yeah, Jesus. That's uh, terrible. Another middle infielder on the list, uh, Willie Castro for the Tigers. Ew, the Tigers. Why would you want anyone? I don't know why you'd want anyone. I mean, my God, Nick Castellanos' numbers blow. Miguel Cabrera's hitting 300 with like zero home runs um, or whatever he has. And it's just, it's a brutal, 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 brutal offense. But um, he has looked damn good in the minors. I, he's, I think in 322 with a 412 on base. He's got seven stolen bases. Uh, and more importantly, he's like doubled his walk rate uh, in the minor leagues. So he is on base like crazy. So again, a guy who steals bases, um, who gets on base constantly, yes, please. Uh, so he's just a guy to keep an eye on. Um, not, not a must add, not even when he gets called up, maybe. But um, he's he's doing really well this year. He's, he's made noticeable differences to his approach that uh, will probably lend himself really well. It's obviously the Tigers... Don't have anyone blocking him. I mean, Jordy Mercer's up there, uh, but, you know, it's not really much going on. So, again, um, nothing too crazy with this guy, but he's definitely a name to keep in mind because stolen bases are great um, and sometimes hard to find. So, Willie Castro, log his name into the back of your mind. Uh, Moving on, Kevin Crone of the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a guy who could be up a little sooner than the rest of the guys we talked about. He's actually tied with Jordan Alvarez for the most home runs in the minor leagues at 14. Um, He is belting the ball. It's obviously in Arizona. um, So, I mean, the, the, um, what do you call it, the PCL. So you got to take these numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt. But he's batting 310. With a 405 on base, 706 slugging. That's not an OPS. That's his slugging percentage. Uh, he has a 12.7 walk rate, 18.7 strikeout rate. Um, everything looks good. Uh, nothing alarming in his numbers suggests anything poor um, or or lucky, unlucky. Everything looks very good. So he just looks like... Um, I mean, he's got a 283 bat hip. So he's a little unlucky there, but he's still hitting 296. So his ISO is 378. So I would I would expect his ISO to go down a little bit, his bat pip to come up a little bit, and even out. Yeah, still going to be a great hitter. Still going to be full of power. But yeah, I, those two things I would expect to even themselves out a little bit. Main issue with him is uh, Jake Lamb is going to be on a rehab assignment soon. He'll return. Nobody cares about Jake. Lamb. He's terrible. <laughs> well, I know, but forever. He, he exists. It took, for, it took them forever to get um, what's his face on the on the field by himself. Oh my god, who's the starting third baseman? Uh, the Diamondbacks. I don't know. I know they have Walker and Escobar at the corners. Walker. It, forget, yeah. it, it took them forever to get Walker up. Yeah. So or, if, if not up, but but actually playing 
every day. So if, if Crone comes up, I'd pick him up, regardless of known playing time, if you can find the space. Because I think they maybe learn their lesson with Walker, who knows. But if he gets into games, he could hit his way. If he's not handed a spot, he could hit his way into taking one. Um, and he's very, very legit power. So um, if you find out he's coming up, definitely add him. Um, because it's raw power, and it'll play in the majors for sure. So Kevin Crone, keep your... Uh, Definitely keep your eye on him. Um, next on the list, Brennan Rogers. Everyone knows his name. Um, he was always one of the top prospects for the Rockies. And he got a little poo-pooed in the spring training because everyone thought that he was overtaken by... Um, help me out here, Sam. Garrett Hampson. Garrett Hampson. St- the, the stolen base machine, who he apparently did overtake him because he got the shot. Uh, when all the injuries went down, and oh my God, was he terrible! terrible. Uh, <laughs> don't need to write him off forever, but oh my God, he's being written off for now. Um, Brennan Rogers didn't let it get it; didn't let it get him down. He did nothing but go to the minors and hit close to three forty with uh, like seven home runs, nine uh, nine doubles, an OPS over a thousand, um, and close to an even uh, walk to strikeouts. So they are obviously in need of hitting in that area now i think today um they made the move for pat velika to come up which is not because they feel he's better than rogers this is probably nothing more than a super two situation it's absolutely a super two situation (laughs) so i mean it is what it is um this is a guy that uh you could stash right now if you needed a guy badly but you are going to be waiting probably a minimum of three weeks for this guy uh, if you can afford the spot go ahead but everything that you see out of him looks like um it'll play in colorado uh he struggled a little bit last year uh and a little bit this year at triple a but he obviously you've heard the numbers um he definitely turned that around um slugging almost 600 with he's just he is a guy that you want to own coming up obviously all rookies can fail. Just look at—I mean, look no further than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If there's ever been a guy in the past that everyone knew—I'm not saying thought—everyone knew was going to be a superstar right off the bat, it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And look at him struggle. So you can't take anything for granted. But as far as um, good bets go, Brendan Rodgers playing in Colorado um, is a good one. So if you need a middle infielder, um, I like him too as a, as a guy to stash. I yeah, I mean he's been one of the top prospects for the Rockies. He's going to be LOL hitting an LOL Coors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they, my, my issue is where he's going to get playing time because it seems like McMahon is going to be that everyday second baseman. Mm-hmm. They do need help in center field because Desmond continues to be an atrocious hitter for them. I don't know if they move him to the outfield. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, was it a couple more? Actually, another middle infielder. Let's talk about Jorge Mateo on Oakland. Um, he is a guy who could be up fairly soon. Uh, he is a stolen base machine. I think he's currently on and pace for somewhere in the range of like 30 to 35 in AAA. Um, but he does not walk very much. Um, and his, but he did cut down his strikeout rate this year which is gives us a little bit of hope so i'm not too sure of how 
how confident I would be in his ability to hit in the major leagues. But um, if he does come up, I mean, he, he he's he's a guy that he's at the level of the minor leagues where he could come up anytime if a need arises. There is no need currently in Oakland other than the fact that Jerks and Profar sucks. Um, but they're not going to really move on from him like immediately. This is not like a stud superstar that they're just going to push a guy out of the way for. But he's just a guy to remember if you hear Jorge Mateo's coming up and it looks like he's going to get some playing time, he's definitely a guy who could come up and steal a, a ton of bases. Uh, and that's really all there is to it. There's not much more to him than that. He's just your basic, you know, he's just your basic, like, what do you, D. Gordon, Billy Hamilton, one-trick pony guy, Jorge Mateo, stolen bases. That's all you're going to be getting from him. I don't know. He's got a 238 ISO right now. I'm not sure I would count on that though i don't know he said i mean in 2017 he had 225 and 226 he's that he's not going to be the most powerful guy but i mean he's got some power uh mm-hmm. his bat pips always around three i mean well above 300 um but yeah i mean uh, really just more of a stolen base guy you're right I just wanted to give some people some hope. <laughs> uh, Ryan Mountcastle on the Baltimore Orioles. This is a very interesting guy because obviously the Orioles are the Orioles. So if soon as a guy like him, he comes up, he could probably slide into a decent uh, spot in the order. Not that that helps you in the Baltimore lineup too much because the people around you just aren't too good. But they have, you know, passable players in the 2-3 range in their lineup. So um, he's right now, he's hitting, he's a slugging over 500, hitting, hitting over 320. He's got five home runs. Um, he moves around all over the place in the minor leagues. Uh, he, he plays a little short, a little third. Um, so he has a lot of potential. I, he does not walk much at all, which I think it's like something below 4% or 4%, which is just obviously awful and nothing you want to see i mean i guess he'll fit right in on baltimore (laughs) (laughs) with chris davis could teach him the ways of not doing anything but um you know i mean a lot of the big hitters are up so he's just another guy or if you see him um he's he's killing it in the minors and he's just another guy that they don't have a whole lot to lose so i think he does come up the second um the super two passes this will be a year where a lot of guys come up I think for the Super Two, so many guys were brought up early, but there'll be a slew of like mid-level prospects that get brought up on these terrible teams like the Orioles. Um, I mean, who carried? I think three. I think they carried three um, Rule Five picks into the season, uh-huh. so they have no shortage of opportunity in Baltimore. Uh, so Mount Castle's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, not overly powerful. He he doesn't walk a lot. He strikes out a decent amount, twenty percent. Just but all around, just a good hitter. Uh, his weighted runs created plus throughout the minors has been around 120. Mm-hmm. Woba's been around 350. So uh, while you're not going to get excellent production at any, I guess, counting stat, you're still going to get good overall production. Yep. Um, the last hitter I want to talk about is Austin Riley, which we'll preface by saying. I have no idea where he'd fit in. They obviously have Josh Donaldson, who could always get injured. He's Josh Donaldson. Uh, But they also have Johan Camargo, who did not do bad last year. Um, So he has a couple of things standing in his way. I mean, he's always a trade ship. The Braves have like a slew of talent. And if they ever wanted to acquire a starting pitcher or a reliever, he could obviously be a chip uh, for a team that's offering up something. Um, 
That being said, last year he batted 294 with 19 home runs, 30 doubles, and 882 OPS. This year already he's batting 315 with 12 home runs and 10 doubles and over 1,000 OPS. So he's crushing the ball. Um, and he's not doing anything we're not expecting. He's supposed to mash. He just doesn't have an opportunity. Um, so, I mean, if he, he's going to come up at some point, I just it's hard to predict when because you can't predict a trade, especially with a prospect as high-end as him, that he's going to get traded. If he's not going to get traded, um, there's absolutely no place for him to play currently on the Braves. So you can't project injury, even if it's a likely with Josh Donaldson at some point. It have to be something long-term. If he's out with something questionable day-to-day, they're not bringing up Austin Riley. So I, I don't know what to make of this, but he is going to hit. Um, it's just a matter of when, how, you know, how the hell is he ever going to get to the majors in the, in the near term? I, I want you to put in a um, the uh, emperor from, <laughs> I think, was it the, the third movie? Infinite power! <laughs> put that in into the podcast because this dude crushes the ball. Yeah. He's had... In the last two seasons, at every level, in, well, not every level, but three of the last four levels he's played, he's had above a 300 ISO. Mm-hmm. That's wild. He's got a 371 ISO right now. Um, he's got 20%. I mean, he's, he's your prototypical, you know, like, power hitter. He's going to strike out a lot, 25%. Uh, but he's going to crush the ball. Hey, there's plenty of people that thought, why the hell did they sign Josh Donaldson? Obviously, he's a short-term thing. So, I mean, they're not really blocking him long-term, but a lot of people thought they should have just rolled with Riley to start the year, uh, possibly, a la, um, you know, the way Alonzo's up with the Mets. Um, and they should have spent that money on, uh, on some pitching, which, you know, hindsight looks like the call. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, if he had a clear path to playing time, he'd be right up there with, um, the, the big stashes, but I mean, right now, I mean, it could be a complete waste of a spot. Like you said, uh, look no further than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He was crushing the ball to this degree, maybe even more, uh, last season didn't even get a September call up. So nothing's guaranteed with prospects, especially call ups. So, uh, but you got to know how good this guy could be. So if, if there's ever it, the, the second you see Josh Donaldson, grab his calf, pick this guy up. Um, I mean, if you ever see a trades going down or it looks like this guy could get some playing time, pick him up. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta keep him in the back of your mind and uh, look for signs of, uh, of playing time for this guy, because uh, he will be a difference maker when he comes up, um, you know, as far as any guarantee you can get from prospects go, it's all, it's all a crapshoot. Um, you know, as far as how they can struggle when they come up, some guys do, some guys don't, but uh, no one's immune to it. Unlimited power. <laughs> all right, so that does it for the prospect show. Um, I can't really think of anyone else. I really want to talk about, uh, for the rest of the year, we named a whole lot of pitchers and a whole lot of hitters. I mean, there were so many guys called up um, that you know that we they they took like a good deal of the people that we would have been talking to about coming up this time of year. I mean, look at um, I keep bringing him up because obviously I'm a Mets fan and he's going to be the rookie of the year. But Peter Alonso 
is a guy that in all likely in, in most scenarios before this last year where pe- oh, I mean, it's good to see people teams are like blowing the uh, the Super 2 things out of the water. They're being a little more aggressive, which is good for baseball. Get the good players up. I mean, in a typical year, Alonzo's still in the minors, um, possibly. I mean, they keep him down a minimum a few weeks. It po- in a lot of years, they keep him down till mid-June, but instead we're seeing you know, a Rookie of the Year campaign started. So it's, it's nice that all the guys are up a little earlier, um, but there's still a lot of talent in the, in the minors right now. The guys are. I, I want to add something yeah. to Austin Riley. Mm-hmm. He has made four of his last five starts in the outfield. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Now that is some fun news right there. Uh, what are we looking at replacing Nick Markakis? <laughs> what, what do they got out there right now? Uh, Acuna? Acuna? Yep. Markakis? Nope, they're not going to replace Acuna. Markakis, they probably could. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying. I was just trying to. I was just naming their oh, outfield. No, no, I'm, I know. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. They're not going to replace Acuna. Mm hmm. They could replace Marcakis, and I don't know who the other one is. <laughs> Everyone's yelling at us right now. How do you not know who the Braves' other outfielder is? Well, I'm looking up right now, everybody, so we're going to know in like two seconds. Is it someone that I'm going to feel dumb not knowing? Place Probably. your bets. Oh, it's Enciarte. Totally. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, super replaceable. Get out <laughs> well, of here. Well, he's not going to be playing center field for him, so Marcakis is the, is the move if they go anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, that's good to know. I, I did not know that they were uh, they were looking uh, they were looking at him in the outfield, but that's that's some pretty clutch news right there. Uh, Markakis can definitely take a seat for uh, for Riley if they need to make an upgrade. I mean, this year, I mean, after a phenomenal year last year, he is batting two ninety nine this year with a three eighty eight on base, uh, Markakis. So he's doing a good job. Um, but you know, at least you know now that uh, there's another spot that they could use him for. So. You know, just another way for him to get some at bats if there's ever an opening or never a need. You know. Yep. So it's all it's all good. Um, that does it for the show. I don't really have anything else to add, nope. and we are going to get going. So if anyone has any uh, any players that we missed, if you want us to talk about any prospects that uh, you didn't hear on the show that you're really interested in hearing about that we uh, that we glossed over, give us a shout on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Matt Williams at uh, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. You can follow Sam at F-F Stompy. Or what is your new handle on there now? Soy Boy Stompy. <laughs> and um, for anyone who doesn't know that, it's too long of a story to get into right now. So um, Don't be a douchebag on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe it's an easy story to sell. Uh, so that does it for the show. Um, talk to you guys later. See you next week. And adios. Okay, bye. I love you. I need the truth. I need knowledge. Found this podcast with all of it. But what they call it? Turn two. Turn two. What it do? Win leaps. Catch out. Catch out.